0: Today's scripture readings from the 15th chapter of Luke. Now, all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or, what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I have lost." Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Then Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired hands had bread enough and to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father... I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and slaughter it and let us eat and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found And they began to celebrate. Now, his older son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of his slaves and asked, one of the slaves and asked, what was going on? He replied, your brother has come and your father's killed the fatted calf because he's got him back, safe and sound. Then the older brother became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I've been working like a slave for you, and I've never been disabled, and I've never disobeyed your command, yet you have never given me even a young goat "'so that I might celebrate with my friends. "'But when this son of yours comes back, "'who has devoured your property with prostitutes, "'you killed the fatted calf for him.' "'Then the father said to him, "'Son, you're always with me, "'and all that is mine is yours.' We had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead, and he's come to life. He has lost, and he has been found. Word of the Lord.
1: My mom, my mom was always trying to find herself. She was always trying to start over. My dad, he was out of the picture completely. My mom said he probably would have come around more if I was a little boy instead of a little girl. Even as a kid, I realized that that's not a very healthy thing for a mother to be saying to her daughter about her father. I mean, even if it was true, what? I mean, that would have to make my dad, like, the coldest-hearted dad, meanest dad there ever was. But even if it was true, you know, you don't say that. I mean, do, do you say that? You don't say that to a kid. And I mean, what, what was I supposed to do about it? I can't make myself a boy. And the way she said it, it was, if I was a little boy and not a little girl, She never treated me like a little anything. She said we were just like two friends going through life together. I should call her Sandy. She always wanted to call her Sandy, but I didn't want to call her Sandy. I wanted to call her Mom or Mommy or Mama. But I guess she was really more of a Sandy. She was always trying to start over, trying to start a new life. You know, find herself, which usually meant that she had a new boyfriend, or it was because she'd just broken up with her boyfriend. And while she was making plans to go back to school or get in touch with herself or was too depressed to get out of bed, I was the one that told her she needed to go to the grocery store. I was the one that did the laundry. I got myself ready for school. I signed her name on so many permission slips and notes to leave schools for doctor's appointments that one time when she did write the note herself, my teacher raised an eyebrow and said it didn't look like my mom's handwriting. Little girl. All I ever wanted to be was a little girl and have friends and do like kids stuff. I remember this one time when I was seven. And me and my mom lived with her new boyfriend, Carl, in his house for about a year. That was the closest I ever got to being a little kid. We lived in Carl's house for about a year, and the only other kids in the neighborhood were Annie and Evan Johnson. They lived across the street, and they always went to Sunday school, and they went to church even at night sometimes. And I remember even as a little kid that that seemed like a lot of going to church. And they had to go in and stop playing when the streetlights came on. I remember their mom or dad would, would come out and, uh, and come out to get them and calling, Evan, Annie, time to come in. And it wasn't even yelling like they were in trouble or they did something wrong. You know, it was just like, Their parents were just calling them, coming to get them, bring them in. I always wanted to keep playing, but they had to go. I would just sit there on the curb until it got completely dark. And then I would go inside and find something to eat and go to sleep. When we played, we would play house. And we would play house for hours and hours, Evan and Annie and me. There was this one night um, right before my mom broke up with that boyfriend and we moved. Yeah, it was the night, the night, that night. We were playing house in the front yard, in my front yard. We played in my front yard because my mom's boyfriend had all this old wood and like um, buckets and all these things in the yard. And we'd use them to make tables and beds and counters for the kitchen and stuff when we played house. And there was also this big area that had no grass on it, and we would just run the hose in it to make mud. And we'd make mud, and we'd make mud pies or mud pancakes or mud chili, you know, depending on what time of day we were pretending it was. Well, that time, we'd started out pretending it was lunch, and we must have played for hours and hours because we went through an entire pretend weekend. Evan was the dad. He was always the dad, of course, because he was the only boy. But he liked being the dad because he got to build stuff. He would say stuff like, I'm going to remodel the kitchen, honey, and haul some more boards in there and make a table out of logs and crates or something. And this one time, he went all out and he found these huge refrigerator boxes and hauled them in and said, Honey, I thought you deserved some new appliances. (laughs) Annie was the mom. That time. She was never the mom before. She thought it wouldn't be right to be married to her brother, you know. But I never really liked being married to her brother either. So this time I convinced her to let me be the little girl. I don't know what it was about that time, about that one time. We played house, and we just, we've just, like, we're so into it, we've just forgot about time, we forgot about real time. We just, we just lived. We just lived. It was so real. I was helping mom make the mud chili for our Saturday lunch and dad was outside mowing the pretend lawn. It was the perfect weekend. And after dinner, I even pretended to go outside and play with the pretend neighbors. And Annie called out, Teresa Genevieve, that was my pretend name, "'Teresa Genevieve, it's time to come in.' I went inside the pretend house, and she helped me put my nightgown on, and when we all got in the beds that Evan had made by pushing some leaves together. But at the last minute, he had to make an extra bed because Annie said that there's no way she was going to sleep in the same bed with her brother and that it was okay because Mr. and Mrs. Howell didn't sleep together on Gilligan's Island.' So we pretended to sleep for a couple minutes. And then Annie got up and went in the kitchen. And she called out to me, Teresa Genevieve, come on, get up. Get up and get in here and help me make some pancakes for breakfast before we go to church. You don't want to be late for Sunday school. We made such a fine breakfast, Annie and me. We put like little rocks in the mud. Pancakes and make like blueberry pancakes. It was so much fun. Um, when Evan finished setting up the church, we sat down for Sunday breakfast. And as we did, the street lights came on. I heard their mom, "Annie, Evan, it's time to come in." They left. I was sitting there alone, an orphan, with the most beautiful pretend breakfast, all by myself. I'd even gotten some oil out of my mom's boyfriend's garage, you know, to use for syrup. It was the strangest feeling, sitting there in the front yard, in the dark, with this breakfast on the table. And when I looked up at the streetlights, I just felt like me, like regular me, In my mom's boyfriend's front yard in the dark. But when I looked down at those mud pancakes, I was Teresa Genevieve in my own house. I picked up the can of oil, and I poured it on the mud cakes. And I took a spoonful, and I ate it. And then I started eating those mud cakes by the handful, and I ate them all. That night, my mom got in this huge fright with her boyfriend and loaded all of our stuff into her car. And we left that night and drove to Grandma's house in Arizona. I threw up all the way.